Welcome to the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show Podcast, a program all about caring for your animal companions. Now, here's our hosts, Rick Pruce and Lee Cohen. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Hey, Lee. How is the pet world to you today? Uh, it is going fine, Rick. Last week, I've got to tell you, I don't know how much you enjoyed that program, although you really seemed to be into it at the time. But I thought it was a great show. I thought we had a great guest. And evidently, the listeners must have agreed with me because our Facebook numbers were just really amazing and had a lot of people who either wanted to share it or like it or acknowledge what we talked about. So way to go alpacas. Instead of being spit on, they were great. <laughs> the light shined on them. <laughs> Evidently. So, but it was it was an interesting program, Rick, because I love the fact that our subject matter is so broad that we can go back through and see things that you wouldn't think are topics that we would talk about. And I dare you to find one that we haven't hit, but <laughs> it, it could be years since we've hit it. So it becomes new again. And that was a great pleasure. Yeah, I think it was a long time ago when you got spit in the face as you went out to uh, – Grandly al- Alpaca Farm. Right. Right. So that was out in Grand Ledge. This yeah. one is out in Hazlitt. And if there's anybody out there listening that's thought about al- alpacas, last week's show is definitely the, the show you want to listen to. I would say that was a pretty colorful, helpful, you know, are you in it for the right reason kind of show, which is what I think um, this is all about, this show. You know, you were you were bringing up the – you know, you never know what we're going to talk about. Well, there tends to be a, a theme here, but it, it pretty much just needs to be an animal, something that circulates blood through their veins, uh, and we'll talk about it. It doesn't necessarily have to be the typical pet that you would think of that you might have in your home, but but it's, it's really nice to just think broadly right. about, you know— where, where where does this all go? This all leads to, you know, where are you people at listening to this show? Um, we don't know. You know, we don't know what's going to, you know, uh, what do they say, uh, trip your boat or – Float your boat. Float, yeah. That yeah. would make more sense. Uh, <laughs> right. Much more analogous as to what we want to do. But, uh, uh, but, but the reality is just by having all these different topics, it gives everybody an opportunity to kind of have an in. Well, I've got to say, Rick, sometimes the topics – actually just kind of cross your path and you don't know that they're going to but it's funny because this week's topic <laughs> is gonna okay he, he he crosses my path and it's literally at the same time pretty much every year and and that is the topic of turtles because once again it happened to me this past week I took my dog into Island Lake State Park and we were walking in the woods and all of a sudden, 
I saw ahead that there was a turtle who was crossing the path. And I've got to say, I panicked at first because when the bunny rabbits cross our path, my dog has finally learned that he is not fast enough to catch that <laughs> So what did, what did he do with the turtle? Uh, he didn't get a chance to really do much because I saw him before he did. Yeah, yeah. You think and, he'd actually go after him? Yeah, I. he might. He would definitely want to sniff him and yeah. figure out what's this what guy's story. Yeah, remember the guest we had where, you know, basically he ended up learning that his dog could kind of – hunt down and find turtles for research. Exactly. To see how many turtles are out in a particular area. Exactly. You know, so. And uh, so we turned around and went back in a different direction. But it was still very cool to see them because bottom line is they are really creatures of habit. And well, that's what most people don't understand is that so many animals in nature really are just creatures of habit. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. We've got a couple of guests coming into the studio to talk about it, and it's going to be a great show. So all of you get a cup of coffee and get ready for a fun show this week on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. At Doggy Daycare and Spa, we love dogs. We love hanging out with dogs, grooming dogs, and kissing dogs goodnight. 20 years ago, we introduced Mid-Michigan to Doggy Daycare. We've built two custom facilities and provided countless clients and their dogs with the very best in cageless daycare, and grooming services. Stop in for a tour at either one of our convenient locations in Delta Township on Mount Hope Highway or on the corner of Grand River and Cornell and Okemos. Give us a call at 333-WOOF. That's 333-9663 and let us love your dog. Doggy Daycare and Spa, where the hip hounds hang out. Almost every day, another customer at Liberty Coins in Frandor has an unexpected happy experience. When a woman was doing her spring cleaning recently, she happened to hear Liberty's radio commercial of another customer being paid much more than expected. She gathered together some items she was planning to throw away and brought them to Liberty. We found some jewelry pieces were solid gold or silver. She guessed she might receive $150. Liberty made her day when we paid her $800. What hidden treasures might you have? Pick up a free copy of our Cash in Your Treasures brochure in our store or view it online at libertycoinservice.com. For 50 years, Liberty Coins and Frandor has been the right place to go. I'm Tom Coulson reminding you to put cash in your pocket today. We're Liberty Coins. We're right on the money. Hey, hey, Mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us in the studio a couple of returning guests, both of whom come from Proust Pets. We've got Sean Murphy, who's here. And Sean is kind of, I don't even know what to describe you as, Sean. You're kind of a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to Very animal-knowledgeable. Well, Very no, animal-knowledgeable. No you pick question. the animal, he's got the information. Yeah. Kerbet and Rick like to call me the Swiss Army Knife. Oh, well, I think that's actually a very fair impression. Uh, 
question. And we also have with us Gavin, is it Lavellette? Lavellette. Okay. He's I, I, been working for me for a few years, and I don't even try. I, I don't uh, even try to pronounce his last name. I, his uh, last name looks nothing like I always the way remember, it sounded. That's right. Well, I just call him Gavin. Well, let's Today's put it this Gavin. way. If you ever wanted to play hockey, I think you would be all set. I think I had a <laughs> uncle or grandpa that did. So. There you go. And that would make sense to me. Well, welcome back to the show. Uh, our topic this week is turtles because we have got to be in turtle season because I just mentioned to Rick that I took my dog out for a walk and ran into him again. So they're out there making the the passage that they make annually. But, Sean, why is it that there have been so many and why are they out moving the way that they do? Because you don't really see them during major portions of the year. Yeah, so um, the main thing is this time of year, it's kind of what we call turtle season. So between late April to about mid-July, various species of turtles throughout Michigan are either laying their eggs or their eggs are hatching, um, again, depending on species. Uh, so what we're seeing is turtles are either crossing into the areas where they want to lay eggs because they look for a specific type of soil, um, or the baby turtles are hatching out and then looking for bodies of water. Naturally, most turtles are going to go back to the areas where they were hatched in order to lay eggs, and of course the babies are going to find that pond, but they will find other bodies of water nearby to go to. Um, Blanding's turtles, for example, have about a three to five mile radius from where they were hatched that they like to go, whereas an eastern box turtle, its whole life only has a one mile radius from where it was hatched and where it's going to go find water and nesting areas. So I think one of the reasons we're really seeing more turtles is more people are at home. More people are working from home. And because of that, you know, they're noticing things in their yard. They're maybe going for more walks, going out, getting more exercise and exploring nature. So I think it's kind of more in people's faces right now. They're noticing it more than they ever have been because they're able to pay more attention to it. So, um, you know, why did the turtle cross the road is less of an issue than (laughs) how do we – what kind of harm is done by the fact that turtles do cross the roads and inevitably they're getting hit? What's the what's the impact to the population? Well, um, it's it's hard to know the actual numbers on population impact with, without talking to some turtle experts um, that actually uh, do field research um, so they can get more of a, a feel for it. But from like, you know, what we see just walking around – you got to think for every female turtle gets hit, you know, she could lay anywhere between 10 and 20 eggs depending on species um, each year, you know. And, of course, like they can easily live 80 to 100 years and they're going to be laying eggs every single year. So you think about that number taking out of the population. Even if we went by the 10 percent rule that only 10 percent of them survive each year, that's still a lot of turtles that, that are now not in the population. Um, I was asked this the other day by Lansing State Journal on – you know, how do I feel about the, the impact of population? And really what I want to look at is more the endangered species, um, which for most endangered species in Michigan, we really don't find them near roadways. I mean, painted turtles are kind of everywhere. Snapping turtles are kind of everywhere. But Michigan's most vulnerable species like the box turtle, the wood turtle, uh, Blanding's turtle, yellow spotted turtle, they actually have very unique habitats that luckily most of the time aren't really near roadways or near populated areas. So we're not worrying about them as much. 
Um, it's more the loss of those particular unique environments. Yes. Yeah. Um, the major thing we're going to look at with population decline with turtles, and this is actually with any animal, but reptiles are affected more in general, is temperature change. So as uh, we have more global climate change, uh, what we're seeing is temperatures rise, which for reptiles affects the sex of their eggs. So as temperatures get warmer, it goes more towards a single-sex environment, which then means the breeding population gets downed. Um, And they'll try to lay their eggs in more cooler areas to get them uh, more of a 50-50 mix if they can. But as they don't want to go too far down because then babies can't dig their way back out. So really – uh, global climate change is the main factor that we're looking at with the uh, the overall population change. And then, of course, we have to look at pollution. We also have to look at urbanization, um, which then leads to the loss of habitat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know in Michigan, at least, there's been a concerted effort to not fill in waterways. There's been laws that have been passed and mm-hmm. efforts that have been taken to keep what water environments we have present. Yeah, there's been actually some good reclamation programs in the state of Michigan. Farmers um, for a while were being paid to actually let parts of their their land convert back over into swampland. Yeah, remember that 150, 175 years ago, Michigan was 80 percent swamp woodland. Mm -hmm. And now it's less than 20 percent of that. Um, So we've really, we've drained the majority of Michigan's inland water in order to make farm space. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we start to let nature reclaim a lot of that, we're seeing tons of wildlife come back. Um, right. So we're on the right track. Um, we could always do more, uh, but at least we're, we're getting there. So if somebody finds a, a, you know, a, a turtle in the road, um, what should they do? Well, first and foremost, with nature, you leave it alone. It's okay to observe. I, I never recommend touching unless you absolutely have to. But if you are concerned that the turtle's going to have a hard time, that it may possibly get hit, uh, you can pick them up. And you can move them across the road into the direction which they were moving and put right. them down the ditch. I, I pick them up by what I call the hamburger method. Literally just you have your thumb on the middle of the top of their shell and your fingers below it. And you pick them up like you'd be eating hamburger, only don't eat them. Just move them across the road, drop them down into the, uh, the ditch and let them make their own way. But the difference is a snapping turtle. Uh, snapping turtles uh, get their name for a reason. They can be very vicious. Uh, snapping turtle can actually reach its head around to its back legs. So if you try the hamburger <laughs> method, uh, he gets hamburger. Yeah, yeah. He gets this. He gets. He, he gets his burger from you. Yeah. So you really got to be careful when picking those guys up. Now, yeah. the old wives' tales that you pick them up by their tail and you move them across the road or do whatever with them. But you got to remember that tail is connected to their spinal column, which is attached to their shell. So if you pick them up by that, you can actually cause spinal damage. So the best okay. way of picking them up is if you happen to have a shovel, scooping them up. I was going to say a shovel. Yep. Yeah. More often than not, I tell people just like get a long stick and scoot them. Like yeah. just kind of poke them in the butt and yeah. make them move. Uh, they won't always want to. They'll literally turn around and snap the stick and break it. But if you absolutely have to pick them up, mm-hmm. you go above the hind legs and grab the back of the shell where their head can't reach and then just move them as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and then count your fingers when you're on the yeah, other side. Yeah, it's like – and you'd be surprised how flexible and how fast they are, which is why I just tell people it just leave snapping turtles alone if you absolutely can. But the scooting method, the shovel methods always work really well. If they're small enough, you can kind of push them into a bucket and then go and move them with the bucket. But adults get hard. Um, 
you know, an adult snapping turtle can easily weigh 50, 60 pounds or more depending on its size and its age. So you've got to be really careful with how you're going to be handling those guys. Now, Gavin, let's talk about what kind of things have you been hearing at Pruce? Have there been an increase of people inquiring about turtles or coming in with turtle issues or questions or what kind of experience have you had? Yeah, so there's been all of the above. Um, plenty more calls, plenty more people coming in saying, hey, I found this, you know, quarter-sized turtle on the side of the road, not sure what to do with it. And, you know, the best answer is always put it back but a lot of people don't like that answer um yeah so now one of the questions that a lot of people might have is if i find a turtle in nature and i like him and he doesn't seem to be a snapping turtle can i keep him as a pet and i think there's a lot of people who might be tempted to do something like that but probably not a good idea if i'm correct yes you are exactly right so i have actually two turtles i rescued from similar situations where people you know take them from the wild and a lot of times they say they're rescuing they're more or less kidnapping them um because the two that i have and that i have at home uh they are in not great condition. Um, I'm giving the best life they possibly can have now, um, but they were kept in 10-gallon tanks where they should be in 75-gallon plus. Um, and, yeah, they are not in the greatest shape. So. I, I would say that um, in just what I, I see at the store, if somebody wants to keep a turtle, first of all, uh, let's leave the wild ones be, right? There's enough turtles out there that would want homes that if you are interested in keeping a turtle it would be kind of like uh, a situation where gavin has where maybe we need to get one that doesn't have a home but can't go into the wild uh, what you do need to know as uh, a key a to be a legal keeper of turtles is that all turtles at least to be purchased have to be four inches or larger and that's for the, because of the concern for salmonella. Um, once there's an industry, it's selling turtles, small turtles. Um, husbandry issues can come into play. And with those husbandry issues became a threat to salmonella. And that's not a particular concern to any of us around this table. But it is a concern for someone that's under five years of age. It is an issue with anybody that might have an immune compromise situation. And salmonella is not an uncommon, um, let's say, villain within our our home, our domicile. It's on our chicken. Um, our dogs can have it. You know, so cleanliness is always important. But with the turtles, especially the small turtles that were popular back in when I was young and you were young, Lee, mm -hmm. um, when they're quarter size and children are allowed to have them and they just be it becomes this like – wouldn't you want a turtle? And here it is, and you put it in a small little environment, and why can't I have it? Uh, kids were putting them in their mouths. Uh, people weren't aware. And I will say this, that I think the general public, and certainly at the, the retail level, there's a lot more knowledge and understanding and awareness of this particular salmonella situation. So when we home a, a turtle – to somebody, we cover some of these very principles 
to, or all of them as much as we can and wouldn't put a turtle if one has some of those high-risk situations um, in somebody's homes. We would let, let them know what they need to be concerned about. And so just going out in the wild and grabbing a turtle and keeping it isn't probably a good idea because the environment they need to be kept well is, can be difficult. Well, let's talk about that because, Gavin, you alluded to the fact that they were put in tanks that were very small. And most people are probably thinking, well, it's a small turtle and they don't move very fast. So how much room could they possibly need? But don't underestimate these guys. Uh, they do like to move. They just don't do it very oh, quickly. Yeah. No, and they once they're in their, their real environment, they can move pretty quickly. So I've seen plenty of my turtles at home or turtles in the wild jump off of a riverbank and, you know, swim faster than I could. So those things are surprisingly fast once they get in the water. Right. Um, but yeah, people keep them in plenty, way too small homes um, and they need a lot of space. So in the wild, they would have, you know, thousands upon thousands of gallons in natural riverways and lakes and stuff like that and you know you can't mimic that in a home but you can mimic it the best you can in a large enough tank right and what kind of temperature control are, are they needing heaters or things like that or are they uh i mean what other things do they need besides a fairly large tank yes. in order to keep a turtle as a pet so they do need a lot of care so they are Absolutely disgusting creatures. They are great. I love them to death. They're beautiful, but they make a large mess. Um, so proper filtration and you know keeping that tank clean is definitely a full-time job. Um, other than that, they do need, or 9 out of 10 turtles need, a land portion of the enclosure um, so that they can you know dry out their shell. If they don't have that, that can, you know... Uh, give them other illnesses, and then, of course, they do need heating and other lighting. So in the wild, they have the sunlight. We can mimic that in captivity with a UVB bulb. Right. Um, so let's, let, let's go ahead and talk more about that after we take a break right? because I do think that people have to understand, as you might gather in this situation, you know, keeping one of these pets takes some degree of learning and understanding. Well, we will have that conversation right after the break on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS. Once in a great while, a streaming service comes along that changes the landscape of home entertainment, introducing Proust Pets, Ponds, and Water Gardens, a streaming service that changes the landscape of uh, your landscape, featuring cutting-edge technology like running water, live fish, and rocks, with a download size between 50 and 5,000 gallons. And pausing your water feature is just as easy as uh, walking away. All Proust Pets water features come with built-in theft protection, literally built into the earth. So unless someone plans on deadlifting your yard clean out of the neighborhood, your water feature is safe. Bruce Pets can update your application anytime with new features, including more fish, vacuum and cleaning rentals, and troubleshooting to keep your system running smoothly. Visit Bruce Pets in Old Town to learn more about the future of home entertainment. Kind of. Sally Babbitt wants to help you plan for your pets. So it's very important that as a pet owner, 
we take care of two things. Come up with a succession plan for who's going to take those pets and also come up with a way to fund that. Sally Babbitt will work with you to make sure your pets find a loving home in the event of your death or incapacity. Because we all know, for example, I have a a beautiful Great Dane, and she's wonderful. But she also has some special health problems. So I understand that to have someone take her in is fine, but that's also a financial burden on them. And so I would need to think about setting aside maybe some money to take care of that animal. And going further, how far do we go with our pet's care? when we're gone. Plan for your pet's future with Babbitt Legal. I am on West St. Joe Highway, 6005 West St. Joe. I am just conveniently located a quarter mile from the Big B. 517-507-3306. We're back here with the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and our topic today has been all about turtles. And, Sean, you had mentioned that when people find them, you've got to pretty much just leave them alone because bottom line is you you might have an endangered species and uh, there can be repercussions. Yes, that's true. Uh, So technically it is illegal to, to have or own any animal that is endemic to your area. So basically any wild animal. You're not supposed to own unless you actually have special permitting from the state. Um, And in order to have that special permitting, it usually goes along the lines of either scientific research or educational purposes. So um, we work with uh, a few different people who have outreach groups and education groups in the state of Michigan who do have wild animals, but they have that special permitting from the state. For the average person to go out and just say, I'm going to take this turtle or this snake or this rabbit or whatever, uh, you could actually face some major legal repercussions. And as you mentioned, particularly if it is an endangered species, you could be looking at prison time and a huge fine. I, yeah, no, the I think it's the gold-spotted uh, turtle, which is, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is a really cute, small, mm-hmm. black-shelled turtle with bright yellow dots. And yes. just like... Like if you saw that, you'd be like, wow, that is the coolest looking turtle you would ever see. Oh, but they, they are. I mean, I've worked with them in the zoo community and yeah, the yellow spotted are sometimes called gold spotted or eastern yellow spotted or southern yellow spotted. They stay small. They're like a four to six inch turtle, really cute faces. They seem like they're easy to take care of, but they are an endangered species. So they're protected. It, I was, I was going to say jail time. Like yeah. literal jail time, like years possibly because um, they just – they're under very limited numbers mm-hmm. um, and they want it they, – they, we need to give all the help we can get. But uh, the uh, federal government doesn't take light to the to, – to playing these games. So, And as well they shouldn't and, you know – I think at heart, almost all of us are good Samaritans. We want to help out animals. And although technically you shouldn't touch these animals when you see them, but if you do see them in danger, it, it is okay to get them across the street. But just no more handling right. other than that. Right. You know, you just kind of right. leave them be, let them do right. their thing. Right. Um, my, my biggest thing with wildlife is observe. Take photos, uh, watch them for a little bit, observe their behavior, and then let them be on their way. So if somebody wanted to see a box turtle, because mm-hmm. Michigan has them, one, is it likely, could you give somebody a mission to go find a box turtle? And would they come back seeing a box turtle, or is that just highly unlikely? Oh, that is, that is a loaded question, Rick. Um, box turtles only have a, a one-mile radius from, 
from their native habitats. So one, you'd have to find box turtle territory um, and know exactly where to look because they have very specific habitats. If you went out looking for one and you're just the, you know, the run-of-the-mill person, doesn't know much about reptiles, you just want to find a turtle, you're probably you're never, never going to find one. one. Right. If you are a herper, someone who goes out looking for reptiles, you know the habitat to look for, there's a good chance you'll find them. Right. Um, but you'd be surprised how good a turtle's camouflage yeah. actually is. Um, I've been out on herping expeditions and the amount of times that I've almost literally stepped on either Blanding's turtle or an eastern box turtle. And then all someone's like, uh, that, that's a shell right there. And you look down and it looks like a pile of leaves or a rock. And then all of a sudden a head pops up, looks at you, and then they take off. <laughs> you know, So I think um, it, it takes trained eyes. And even those of us like Gavin and I who go out looking for stuff, the, the You'd be surprised how much you just miss yeah. because animals aren't meant to be found. They're, they're meant to be camouflaged. Absolutely. Now, we had talked about before the break that there's a lot that goes into caring for these animals. Talk a little bit about uh, how people need to take care of these animals to keep them really safe and, and succeed with well, them. Well, the one thing I want to mention, and I just want to put the – perspective there with this particular animal because here's the situation. You got a water environment because they need it, right? And you have an animal that has pretty good size compared to most fish that you have. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line with a turtle, by and large, especially as they get larger, they don't have the little feces that fall out of the, the back end of a fish. They literally have turds. Right? And so you've got an animal that's living in water, that's putting in turds and putting, you know, that's all great in your toilet, but there's a reason you flush your toilet. So creating the right environment for a turtle in your home has a bigger challenge to it than, let's having, say, having a fish tank. So on that note, yeah, so comment on that. I, I'll touch on it a little bit and then hand it to Gavin because uh, since he owns turtles, um, he'd be really good at answering this. But what I like to tell people is, Imagine um, the turtle's environment is not only its living habitat, it's its dinner table and its toilet all wrapped into one. So a lot of turtles like to shred their food up and break it apart and go eat tiny pieces. So now you have those pieces floating all over, which upsets the equilibrium of the water. Um, Then, of course, they're going to the bathroom in it, which upsets that equilibrium even more. So if you don't have high filtration, you're going to end up with a literal cesspool. Um, which normal – our recommendations, we normally go like two to three times the tank size of recommended filtration. So you know, Gavin mentioned a 75-gallon or larger tank. A lot of times we'll put 150 to 250-gallon-an-hour filters and even those don't stay clean very long. We, ha- we have to clean them a lot. You know, then, of course, there's the heating. If it gets too hot, that actually changes the chemistry of the water as well. We put UVB radiation over top of them. That can also change and cause like algae outbreaks depending on the intensity of light. Like there's a lot of chemistry uh, that goes into keeping animals and turtles in particular. Um, but again, Gavin knows a lot about that stuff, so I'm going to kind of hand that over to him. Yeah. <laughs> so I personally have a 75-gallon tank at home that I keep a turtle in, and I have over 200 gallons of filtration on that thing, and I still have to clean it weekly. Um, They just produce a lot, a lot of waste. Um, They're amazing creatures, but they 
like I said earlier, they are absolutely disgusting. What so, kind of food do they eat? So they have an incredibly varied diet that is hard to mimic in captivity. So um, a lot of people do a base pelleted diet, um, and I do that as well. So I mix about four different brands of turtle pellets together just to give them the best variety in those pellets. As long as I also supplement with many veggies – um, I'll stick a whole piece of a collard green, mustard green, any of that, right in their tank with them and then take it out later that day before it starts getting gross and messing with, you know, the water chemistry. Um, they also are great hunters. Um, I typically keep plenty of fish in there just so that if they are hungry and they need a snack, they can get them. Um, other than that, they have plenty other things they can eat um some of them do a lot of shrimp even small bugs crickets roaches are plenty they, of stuff are they particularly food driven like you see with dogs <laughs> and some other animals <laughs> yeah. out yes there? sir uh all all three of my my turtles at home are on a pretty strict diet so i have to measure out the food because i've seen uh, turtles get real pudgy before, yeah, and uh, that, that is that pudgy is not is kind great of for strange them. because uh, you know imagine a person that has a pretty substantial suit of armor, but where the armor stops, imagine the bellowing fat that kind of just comes <laughs> out, right? And that's kind of what you see in a fat turtle. You got the shell, and it's all going to look nice and trim, just right. like he was with the less weight. But then the legs themselves and around the jowls and stuff, you start seeing. And that's just because they aren't exercising enough for the amount that you're feeding them. They don't have to go out, and they don't have to, like, Hunt under rocks and you know swim away from you when when you when when there's an intruder and right. you know there's a lot of exercise when you're in a swift flowing river that you're not going to get in a tank so you have to be careful on the diet and how much you give them and make sure that the diet doesn't have a high fat content. Yeah, it yes. sounds like me wearing one of my old suits. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to say anything. Like well, and one thing I want to add to that real quick is when we. When we think about feeding our animals, and Rick, I know you see this all the time with people feeding their fish, is they feed the animal like they're feeding themselves. Like, you know, we, we eat a minimum of three meals a day, but we snack all day long because we have a body temperature to keep up and a metabolism to keep up. So we've got to input that with energy. But reptiles don't function the same way. They don't need that amount. We literally have to be the conscience and the regulation. Out in the wild, they don't know how much or how often they're going to get to eat, so they will gorge themselves. And turtles, and I know Gavin can attest to this, will train you very, very well that every time you walk by the tank, they'll dip down the water and start going up the sides and snapping like they're hungry. And so we've had cases where people are like, well, every time I go by the tank, I drop in three or four pellets. Like, well, that three or four pellets could actually be the meal for the day, <laughs> not ten times a day. So we really got to be that type of regulation. And I know you really regulate yours as well. Well, we need to take one more break. But when we come back, we'll follow up on that and also talk about how long they live because that is one of the elements we need to know if we're going to have turtles. So that's what we'll talk about this week on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, 1320 WILS.
Once in a great while, a streaming service comes along that changes the landscape of home entertainment, introducing Proust Pets, Ponds, and Water Gardens, a streaming service that changes the landscape of your landscape, featuring cutting-edge technology like running water, live fish, and rocks with a download size between 5 and 500 gallons. Pausing your water feature is just as easy as walking away. All Proust Pets water features come with built-in theft protection, literally built into the earth. So unless someone plans on deadlifting your yard clean out of the neighborhood, your water feature is safe. Bruce Pets can update your application anytime with new features, including more fish, vacuum and cleaning rentals and troubleshooting to keep your system running smoothly. Visit Bruce Pets in Old Town to learn more about the future of home entertainment. Kind of. We're back here with the Mid Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking about turtles today. And before the break, we had mentioned the fact that uh, what kind of food they get and how to keep them. But one of the interesting points that came up in the conversation is how smart they are as animals. So I'll bounce it off either of you. Tell me, what is your impression of turtles being smart animals? Uh, is it just because of the commercial where they know how many licks it takes to get to a Tootsie Pop? Or does it have to do with the fact that they really are smart? Yeah, no, they are incredibly, incredibly smart. So I was telling you guys earlier that I can shake my food bottle that I have the pellets in and they know the noise and they will jump off their basking docks and know it's food time. So just that alone is, you know, they they know how how smart they are. You know, they're they're incredibly smart. Not to mention, look at the ninja turtles. You know <laughs> <laughs> Well there is a point there. Yeah. They're karate. <laughs> well so a lot of times when we associate intelligence, um, what Gavis talk about is, is it's a form of conditioning or training. So if you want a desired response out of an animal, you have to be able to give them a reward. So Gavin's cue is shaking the bottle. The response is that they go into the water and then the reward is that they get food out of it. So training a turtle or any other reptile is no different really than training your dog. You want your dog to sit. You tell them to sit or give a hand signal. And then typically you're going to bridge it, which is um, some people use a clicker, some people whistle or say good boy, and then they give them the food. And that's the reward system. So you just have to give a reward for the desired uh, behavior. And he like does that perfectly with just the shaking of the food bottle. And also like that also really allows you to observe the animal's natural behavior and look for signs of um, sickness or something being wrong. If he were to shake that bottle and all of a sudden one of the turtles just didn't respond or something was going on, that could easily tell you right there that you know he might be sick or something might be going on with them. Yeah, I, uh, all you got to do is a YouTube on turtles uh, and watch. But there's a lot of land turtles because they're on land and we can interact and watch. We don't tend to play down, play with turtles underwater. But on land, when they are allowed to kind of free reign, a lot of the tortoises and such, uh, you know, they'll chase balls. Uh, you can throw balls and they'll actually, you know, go after it. Uh, there's just too many scenarios where you know, you realize that there's probably a lot more going in there than what and, – and, and the thing is, is that 
they're so emotionless with respect to their anatomy. The right. body, you know, you, you talk about body language. Right. It's a shell. Right. You know, how much body language can you get? Yeah. You know, so all those external cues uh, that you would get from, let's say, a dog or a cat, you don't get the external cues. But that doesn't mean there isn't something going on inside that brain. Right. Well, and I, I think, too, um, Gavin and I both recognize uh, different signs from our animals. Um Grant, like you said, there's not emotional range like as far as facial movements. But uh, with reptiles, we watch the eyes. Eye dilation is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, head bobbing is another. Um, arm movement is another. I think like for a lot of the animals we have, especially like the smarter ones like the iguanids, uh, the varanids, uh, any of your larger reptiles basically, they actually do show a lot of emotion. Sure. And a lot of it you can do by head tilting. Uh, bearded dragons do that a lot. Like you know that they're really into something. Like the eye will dilate and they'll turn it towards you and then tilt their head, and you can tell they're thinking. I mean, yeah. they're literally looking at you, trying to figure you out. Yeah, I didn't even. You know, there was uh, one scenario that you know speaks out to me when you say that. We have a uh, a pet bearded dragon in the store that some let's say 15 foot, 20 foot, and kind of obstacles in the way of the other of the cricket counter. And a customer happened to have their bearded dragon at the counter. And I was watching the bearded dragon. I'm like, what are you doing? He's all puffed up and all worked up and dropping his head up and down and getting all excited. I didn't notice there was a bearded dragon anywhere, but he certainly cued in on that. And he was definitely full aware and willing to kind of like either it's get out of my space or come over here or what's going on or, you know. He gets traffic all day long. Like there's things going on in that store every minute of the day, and he's going to just be normal. And then one bearded dragon some distance away, and he spots it out of the corner of his eye, and he's automatically like on it. Well, that's uh, an amazing sign of intelligence. Now let's talk about one of the other issues that you have to think about if you're looking at getting a turtle as a pet is how long-lived they are because turtles can live an awfully long time. Talk about that if you would. Yeah, so most aquatic turtles that you will find in captivity, some people say up to 20 years that they can live, which is a long time enough. There's been cases where they live 40, 50, 60 years before. Um, And then you start getting into tortoises and other species of turtles, and they can live even longer than that. Us at the store, we have Fred and Ginger, our store pet tortoises, who are close to 70 and 80 right now, and that's not even close to the end of their life. So, yeah, middle age for them. So they are extremely long-lasting, and that's Sexually reproductive at that age. So then I guess the question becomes, how do you set up a plan for caring for them since they might be living when you no longer are? Is is that something that we have to think about in our wills? Yeah, most people, you know, say (laughs) put them in your will as a joke, but it, you know, doesn't really become a joke when, you know, you guys are both 90 because – you know, you're at the end and they're middle age. So, you know, and it's always going to be helpful to have a community of friends that you are aware of and, and know of and share your ideas and your thoughts. The social networks that we have today, little excuse for you not to have individuals. I mean, if you want to be in your shell, if you will, and not reach out to others, uh, you're going to create an issue 
But if you, you know, life goes hard and you work with people and talk to people and have community, chat with us, you know, there's rescues, there's uh, friends, there's others that might be able to reach out and help you. Uh, So I think it's important to be social and to be aware that, you know, we're all limited in our times. Even a turtle's time is limited. But for humans, uh, we don't necessarily live as long, especially by the time we get the turtle. You know, how old is the turtle versus how old you are? And right. we have customers that have when, – when turtles were outlawed to be uh, smaller than four inches, uh, we still have customers that had proper – given proper care to those turtles back in the 70s. And they still have those turtles today. We've had them on our on our show actually, as guests, wow. and uh, and that's just a, and and all those turtles we saw as children, right? Um, most a good percentage of those could be alive today if we knew anything back then what we know now, right? Well, and but would we want that many to be alive? So it, you know, oddly enough, not having turtles commonly accessible for sale, at least at a small size, is probably a good thing because of the kind of care and commitment that they have. Right. Well, and as you said, the concern for children, putting them in their mouth and what have you. Now, let's talk about do turtles sleep? Because it's it just seems like if you're going to live that long, boy, I, w- I would think that those, they're sleeping a lot. But uh, I don't know that answer. Oh, well, yeah. Every animal sleeps. It's just not always noticeable. Um, but I, surprisingly, we find our turtles napping a lot. Uh, you'd be surprised. You go up and all of a sudden you see them on a log and the head is draped down and the eyes are closed. And they're, they literally they're just passing out on spot maybe enjoying their, their sun a little bit too much. And you make one little movement or open the door to their tank, and all of a sudden they're up, and then they just drop in the water. Like, you disturb that slumber, and now, like, you know, they have to go out and get away. They're kind of uh, couch potatoes. Okay. Yes, definitely. So, um, so they, it sounds like then from a easy standpoint, not a lot of needing to exercise them. And well, no, they need to exercise. They need to ex- exercise. Like in the wild, they're going to rest and recuperate. They're a cold-blooded animal. So they have to conserve what they can in the way of energy and then expend it when necessary. You know, what are the two necessary things? Get away from any prey. And eat your food. Right. And so that's what they're going to be storing their food up for. You know, and there might be some playtime. But uh, by and large, even playtime is kind of a dress rehearsal for the idea of going to get some food or getting away from the those that might prey upon them. Well, it sounds like if you want a turtle, go to Proust Pets and talk with either Sean or Gavin and find out what the story is. But we want to thank you guys for coming on and sharing the information with us. Uh, it's been great. In the meantime, Rick, I'm sorry to say it. I know turtles go slow, but we are out of time still. So uh, we'll be back next weekend. But on behalf of Rick Proust and our producer, Grant Lefave, this is Lee Cohen. Wishing all of you a great weekend and a great week ahead. Let's talk next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. Meantime, please, please take good care of your pets and let the turtle cross the road. Have a great week, everybody. Make up your mind. Decide to walk with me around the lake tonight. Around the lake tonight